Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. Today, I will be discussing Money in the Bank 2018, which took place on June 17th, 2018 from Chicago, Illinois at the Allstate Arena. Okay, so the opening of this show, um, this pretty much started off with video packages for the matches. Um, you know what to expect from that. That's usually the lead up or the storylines for the matches that will be on the card. So we get into the Money in the Bank card with match number one. This was Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Of course, Daniel Bryan coming into the match as the face. Big Cass coming into the match as the heel. All right. So with that said, um, Daniel Bryan, he got off to a pretty good start in that match. Um, he reversed Cass on many different exchanges. And there was a point where Cass had knocked Daniel Bryan to the outside of the ring from the apron um, he had had the advantage on the outside of the ring, and then he also had the advantage when they were back inside of the ring. Daniel Bryan had made a comeback. He got caught in a bear hug. Daniel Bryan, he started working the legs, which was a smart tactic on his behalf. Um, and then he eventually locked in the yes lock, and... I believe Cass had, yeah, Cass had reached the rope to escape that hold. So he didn't tap out to it like he did in their last match. Um, some of the other standout moments of the match was when Daniel Bryan had reversed the torture rack. And that was the second time that Cass had attempted the torture rack on Daniel Bryan. Um, he had, um... Let me see. The first time, I believe Cass just like tossed him to the mat after he torture racked him. But then there was a point where Cass had gotten pretty frustrated in the match and he was just, you know, like, what does he have to do to win pretty much? And then the second attempt of the torture rack on Daniel Bryan, um, Daniel Bryan had escaped and he hit Cass in the knee while he was on the ropes and he had worked the legs a little bit more, I believe. And then the match was wrapped up when Daniel Bryan applied the heel hook on Cass. Shortly after, um, you know, uh, he had applied the heel hook on Cass after, you know, shortly after he had attacked a knee. And, um, you know, as usual, he left Cass screaming like a girl when he had him in a submission. And, you know, Cass eventually tapped out. And that was the end of the match. And then Cass leaves the match, you know, favoring the leg, heading towards the backstage area. And um, while we're on the subject of Big Cass, um, what had happened, I believe it was just uh, just uh, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I, I, yes, it was yesterday when WWE had called a meeting in Ohio, the location of, you know, yesterday's SmackDown and they had called a meeting with uh, I believe Vince McMahon had you know arranged this meeting and at that point somewhere during that meeting I guess uh, Cass and Vince McMahon you know had decided for him to leave the company 
And at this point, it's being said that Cass was released from the company. They agreed upon his release. WWE did not give a lot of details about the release, of course. Um, so you look at all the dirt sheets and you look at all the other, you know, the wrestling sites and everything. And they didn't really have a straight answer either. But then there was speculation of him being fired. And now there's speculation on uh, James Ellsworth taking his spot. And there's speculation of a possibility of something between him and Carmella happening backstage because those two used to be a couple. Um, who knows? Um, at this point in time, there might be more details out there, but if there are, I, I have not been able to see that yet. So this is where we are. Um, Big Cass is no longer with WWE, so that means that Enzo and Cass are both now former WWE wrestlers. And the most successful out of the, you know, the NXT trio that they used to be is Carmella. Like, who would have ever thought? Because I believe it was about, what, like a year, like a year and a half ago, something like that. Like, Enzo and Cass were over big time. They were really, really over with the crowd, and it really looked like they were going to be something. And then they split them up, and then Cass got injured, and then, man, I mean, he just had the worst of luck. He just could not win. But at the same time, you know, Cass was not among the most exciting of big guys that they had on the roster. I mean, let's let's be honest. Um, like in comparison to your Samoa Joe and your Braun Strowman and your Kevin Owens and Big E and I mean even even Rusev, even Rusev, um, you know many of the other big guys in the company are just you know they were just more interesting than Cass. I mean let's let's just leave it at that. Um, I guess we'll discuss a little bit more if we discover you know if I discover more details about his departure from the company. So with that being said, let's move along to the next part of Money in the Bank here, which was a backstage segment. And this is where Kevin Owens had tried to bribe the New Day. Um, he came backstage with a, like a glad bag, like a black trash bag. Um, you know, and the New Day was, you know, I think Big E and all them, they, they started responding to him as a fool or something like that. And, asking him what he was doing there and then he said he had a gift for them and he dumped out the bag on a table and it was just a bag full of pancakes and then they just all freaked out and like hey that's great now you can stay and all this and that and you know he said he didn't really like pancakes biggie flipped out on him told him to get going and all this stuff and um then owens was just you know he gotten frustrated and was like uh hey whatever i mean but basically what he was trying to do was bribed the New Day into telling him which member of the New Day would be competing in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And they still did not give that up at that point in time. Um, so just before Owens had left, Big E had kind of like tricked him into coming back, you know, like he was going to have a second thought on it. And what he had done was he had snatched the two big bottles of syrup that Owens had with him too. And it was just a kind of an awkward segment. This whole pancake thing is just getting really, really nutty and just really, really weird. Um, I really hope that they have, like, plans for New Day as far as, like, Big E going solo. I think that would be awesome. Um, or, you know, maybe not split them up, but give Big E a solo push but keep the group together. Like, Big E being solo 
Xavier and Kingston remaining a tag team. So so they don't lose anybody in the tag team division and plus Big E would get his solo push. That would that would work for everybody. So I mean I, I really wish they would take that direction. Um I'm I'm not sure if they will, but it would it would be nice if they would. Um so to move on with the show, uh we had match number two, which consisted of Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn being the heel, Lashley being the face. Um, the match was okay. Um, it wasn't the longest of matches. Um, it wasn't a great match, and it wasn't an awful match either. It was somewhere in between. So with that being said, um, I don't know. I felt like Lashley won kind of easily. He won the match with a stalling suplex, and that's not Lashley's normal finish. That's like more like his signature move. Like, because usually Lashley would win a, he, he wins a match usually with the spear or back in his earlier days, it was the dominator, um, Farouk style dominator, the one where he just like slung you like, um, what's, what's the name? There's a, I don't know. He's, he slung, he pretty much slung you like face down. I mean, not face down. I don't want to say it that way because that, that would sound just too brutal. Um, I don't know. I mean, just. Those who watch, you know, those who've been watching wrestling for a long time know what I'm talking about. So, I don't think I need to elaborate any further. But anyway, Lashley used to win the match with the Dominator. Um, in Impact Wrestling, he won matches with the Spear. And I don't know. Is this a WWE thing? Could they be doing this because they don't want to have too many wrestlers using the Spear? Because Roman Reigns also uses the, you know, uses the Spear. So does Charlotte Flair. I'm pretty sure somebody else does too, but I can't really put my finger exactly on who it is at this point in time. So, um, yeah, I kind of felt like he won that match with, you know, just an odd maneuver. But, you know, on another note, it's also being reported, I think as soon as like yesterday, that Sami Zayn had, he was working on an injury. He, he had an injury. And I guess this explains you know, the reason why he hasn't really had any matches up until that point. He he hasn't had really, really any, well, let's say he hasn't really had many televised matches up until, you know, um, this point. I mean, even though I can't really, I still can't really consider that a televised match because, you know, most people now I'm pretty sure watch WWE pay-per-views on WWE Network. So, I mean, they, they use television cameras nonetheless, but let's just say as far as like a live show, like your Raw, he hasn't had a Raw match in a while. So um, maybe that's the reason. Who knows? I mean, we still don't know the full details or the full extent of his injury as well, but, um, you know, all that information will come to light sooner or later. Whether WWE wants to elaborate on it or somebody finds out through a leak of information one way or another, we're going to find out. So with that said, let's move along to match number three, which consisted of Elias Sampson, which I still call him, versus Seth Rollins. Okay, so we had Elias coming in as the heel, Rollins coming in, coming into the match as the face, and this was an Intercontinental Championship match. Seth Rollins coming into the match as the Intercontinental Champion. Okay, and then... This was actually a slower paced match for Seth Rollins because he usually has like a really, really 
high-paced, high-intensity type match. But this one was slower. I mean, it could be due to the reason that Elias is a bigger wrestler. Um, he has a lot of mass, a lot of muscle mass, you know, and I don't know, maybe Elias couldn't keep up with him. I don't know. But, you know, Elias had done really well against Seth Rollins, to say the very least, you know. And then, you know, as the match went on, you know, the pace began to pick up more. Um, and then it slowed down again. You know, um, I, I believe Elias had taken control of the match, and then the match had slowed down considerably. And then, um, let me see, for this match, this match ended via, you know, Rollins winning with a reverse to the roll-up pin for the three count. And that's how the match ended. Um, what do I think about Elias? Elias is doing very well. He's getting over very well. He's proving himself as a very strong competitor in the ring. And as far as Seth Rollins goes, um, well, hold up. Before we get into Seth Rollins, one more thing about Elias. Um, there's a rumor that, you know, WWE might be planning a face turn for Elias. That could work um, as long as he stays on track with what he's, with what he's doing. Um, Seth Rollins. What do I think about Seth? I think he's doing very, very well at this point in his career. I really, really hope that he doesn't get injured anytime soon because, you know, he's just on a roll. He's doing good. He's having great matches. He's performing very well. And he may even be the guy to take the belt off of Brock Lesnar. Who knows? I mean, I think that would be incredible. But I also think it would be incredible if Braun Strowman took the belt off of Lesnar. So, um, another thing about Rollins that I want to address is that his character, like what is his character? Uh, that, that's one thing we still don't know. I mean, as good as Rollins is like his character is just still pretty much unknown. Who is he? What does he want to do? And what exactly is he burning down? I mean, the burn it down thing, it's kind of getting over with the crowd, but not really in a large fashion. Um, like I said, what are we? What is he burning down? What is the crowd burning down when they say burn it down? Uh, I know this dates back to um, the promotional video for WWE 2K18. Uh, what, that's where the whole burn it down thing was um, heavily promoted. It's not the first time it started because there was actually a Seth Rollins remix theme floating around on the internet for a while. You know, that was the burn it down version of his current theme where, you know, they had like the whole band in there. I believe it was Downstate or it was either Downstate or CFOs, I believe. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was, I believe it was Downstate who did that song. You know, the whole Burn It Down Rollins remix. But um, I really feel like, you know, that should have been one of his themes, the Downstate version where they were singing in it. I'm not sure why they didn't use that. But that's actually, you know, that's where the whole Burn It Down thing began. So... I'm not really sure why they'd never use it. It'd be nice if they did. And um, I think that's about it for Rollins. But like I said, I mean, they need to define his character better. That's the one flaw to Seth Rollins. But everything else, he's pretty much great in all departments, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's people out there who don't like him, and that's, that's fair. That's your right. But there's a whole lot of people that like him. Like myself, I'm a Rollins fan. I think he's great. I think he's the future of professional wrestling. 
So uh, with that said, we had match number four. Uh, it was the woman's money in the bank match. Um, some of the standout moments from that match, uh, we had, well, first let's introduce everybody who was in it. It was Becky Lynch versus Natalia versus Ember Moon versus Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss versus Lana versus Naomi versus Charlotte. So there were a lot of contenders in this match. Um, Sasha Banks and Ember Moon um, they were the first ones to do, uh, they did the first ladder spot in that match. And it was when I think Ember had did like a crossbody on top of Sasha on top of the ladder, something of that nature. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, correct me, feel free to do so just to keep it respectful. Um, yeah, they had, they had done the first ladder spot. Ember Moon. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a crossbody to Sasha. Um, and then they, they, you know, pretty much every woman in the match had had their chance to shine. Um, as said by a fan that I saw on Instagram, Alexa Bliss had taken the least amount of damage. I don't think she hit a ladder one time in that match. Um, why did she get the special treatment? I don't know. Um, Becky Lynch, she had a huge crowd pop off her first climb attempt. You know, her first attempt to climb the ladder and grab the briefcase, the crowd, you know, the crowd just went wild. Um, and then pretty much the ending of the match, Becky Lynch, uh, she had she came really, really close to winning. You know, the crowd went crazy when she got up there again. And, you know, and this is how the match ended. Alexa Bliss dumped Becky Lynch off the ladder. And then Becky Lynch fell onto another ladder that was, um, it was like sitting on the second rope area at an, pretty much at a diagonal angle. And she hit that ladder and fell down. Um, it was, you know, it was, the ladder was set up in the corner area on the second ropes or, the, you know, the second ropes from two different sides of the ring, if that makes sense to you. Um, and then Oscar, she had climbed up to grab the case Oh, not not Asuka. Alexa Bliss had climbed up the ladder to grab the case, and she won. So, not only did Alexa Bliss not have to take a lot of damage in that match, she also won the match. So, what does that tell you? She's in good with somebody in the company. Maybe she's dating somebody in the company. Who knows? There's a lot of different theories floating around on the internet, but who knows if any of them are true. Um, so then we had a backstage segment. This consisted of Kurt Angle, Page, and Baron Corbin. Um, Page and Kurt Angle, they were discussing potential winners for uh, the men's money in the bank. And I believe Kurt Angle was discussing how he wanted two people from Raw, you know, a male and a female, to win a money in the bank match for Raw. So um, Baron Corbin, he had pretty much told Kurt Angle to make sure that Raw wins or he'll disappoint Stephanie McMahon, um, and then uh, Paige pretty much pulled Corbin's card. Uh, she told uh, she brought up Baron Corbin's cash-in failure. You know when Corbin attempted to cash in and failed. I believe uh, that happened last year, and she pulled his card on that. Um, then we had match number five. This consisted of Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal, where Roman Reigns is the face and Jinder Mahal is the heel. Jinder. Um, Hold up. Roman Reigns, he had an advantage early on. 
the crowd started chanting boring at some point during the match and Roman Reigns there was a point a point later on in the match where Roman Reigns had missed the drive-by and he hit the um, the apron of the ring which they say is the hardest part um, and that was after he missed the drive-by Sunil Singh got up out of his wheelchair which he was sitting in uh, in front of the commentary table area and then he had shoved Roman Reigns into the ring post and this gave Jinder Mahal a really long-term advantage in the match and then at some point Roman Reigns had Superman punched Sunil Singh uh, after he had tried to interfere for the second time and then um, let me see he hit Jinder Mahal with a Superman punch through the ropes um, as he was for some reason Jinder was just hanging out by the ropes in between the top and the middle rope and, uh, and that's when Reigns hit him with the Superman punch as well and then Roman Reigns proceeded to spear Sunil Singh and then he had speared Jinder Mahal for the three count when he got back in the ring. I believe he had uh, ran the ropes when he got back in there when Jinder Mahal was stunned and then he hit him with the spear and caught, you know, then pinned him for the three count. And that was the end of that match. And then we move along to match number six, which consisted of Asuka versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's title. Asuka going in as the face, Carmella going in as the heel. Carmella, she gave a strong effort in this match. Um, and then later on in the match, you know, Asuka had gained the upper hand. And then, out of nowhere, someone dressed up as Asuka climbs up on the apron. And then that person was later on revealed to be James Ellsworth. So James Ellsworth is back in WWE. Um, I don't think I like that. Maybe some people do, but I really don't. Um, what are they going to do with this guy? Like, is he, is he literally supposed to be like the, the next Doink the Clown, the next Eugene, you know, the next Santino Morella? I mean, I don't know, man. This, this guy is just, I don't see all this potential in him that other people see. I mean, I'm not hating on the guy. I mean, congratulations for coming back, but what are you going to do? Besides, you know, kiss up the Carmella like he did last time. Um, and so Carmella won the match. And she won the match with a kick. What a surprise. Because WWE is, you know, they've been doing that a lot lately. Uh, they've been having a lot of their wrestlers win with a kick. Not sure why. I mean, but I don't know. But I don't like that. I think a match should be won with a finishing move. You know, like an actual finishing move. Like some sort of slam or submission or... You know what I'm saying? Something of that caliber. All right. So then. Um, yeah. The, Carmella won via distraction. Um, and then we had match number seven, which consisted of AJ Styles versus Nakamura for the fifth or sixth time this year. I believe it was. I believe this. That's the sixth time because hold on. Let's, let's actually count. Let's try to count this up. All right. So the first time. In WWE, AJ Styles versus Nakamura happened at WrestleMania 34. Then it happened again at the Greatest Royal Rumble, which took place within the same month. And then they had a match at Backlash. And then there were two dark matches and then the Money in the Bank match. Yeah, so that's 
six AJ Styles versus Nakamura matches that we've had so far. And Nakamura's eighth title shot, WWE title shot, in less than a year. So what does that tell you? I mean, I don't, I don't see why anybody would want Nakamura to have any more title shots. Um, but anyway, this match, it was boring just like the rest of them. I wasn't impressed by any of them. I wasn't impressed by this one. Um, it's pretty awful, to say the very least. But AJ Styles, he won the match with a phenomenal forearm through the commentary table. He nailed a phenomenal forearm from the, uh, from the ring through the commentary table on Nakamura and they both go crashing through the table um AJ took a while to get up but he got up in time enough to win the match and Nakamura just you know laid there just out of it probably seeing stars um and I'm glad AJ won I'm really really glad he did I really feel like the right man won that match um as far as AJ and Nakamura goes I don't I don't believe that they should ever have another match ever again. I don't think it's necessary. I don't believe their styles match up very well at all. I, I feel like every time those two go at it, AJ Styles has to do all the work, and Nakamura just has to get by on kicks and knees. And that's just, come on, it's not cool. Like, I think he would he would mesh better with somebody else. You know, somebody that's not world championship caliber like AJ Styles. Like, he's more like, I guess, like lower mid-card caliber in my opinion i mean your opinion i'm pretty sure will be entirely different but in mine no this match doesn't need to happen anymore i'm tired of seeing aj have to carry an entire match because he has a lazy opponent you know who doesn't want to do anything besides kicks and knees you know and, and anybody can get in there and do that you know i mean ronda rousey can get in there and just do kicks and knees hell she she would even do more than that you know but anyway not to go too far off topic here so then we had match number eight um this consisted of Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey speaking of Ronda Rousey for the Raw woman's title all right and this match um Nia got a couple moves off she kind of dominated early on I believe and then um Ronda Rousey started to get the upper hand later on in the match and she had pulled off her arm bar on Naya. Naya resisted, but it had reached a point to where I think she um, she broke the lock, the lock that Naya used to keep her arms close together to reduce the amount of pressure and force that's applied during the arm bar. But just out of nowhere, Alexa Bliss decides to cash in her money in the bank. And then she proceeds to just beat the crap out of Nia and Ronda Rousey with the briefcase. And then she eventually gets the pinfall on Nia Jax. And there we have it. A new woman's champion just like that. It's like, why did they even bother to take the belt off of Alexa Bliss to have Nia Jax hold it for like, what, just over two months? And just get, you know, just to give it, just to ultimately give it back to Alexa Bliss. Like, I didn't see, I didn't see the point in that. Just way too soon. Um, I don't know. I, I really didn't like that idea. I really thought that Nia should have had a longer title run, considering the fact that Alexa Bliss had an extremely long title run the last time, you know, she had the belt 
prior to Money in the Bank, and she didn't even really defend it very much. So, I don't know, like I said, she must be in really good with somebody in the company, or she's dating somebody in the company, or she may even be related to somebody in the company that has some that has some pull, you know? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but I, I you know, I don't like it. Um, as far as, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't seem right. Maybe that's just me. Pretty sure it's not. All right. So then we had match number nine. This was the main event of the evening. And this match was the men's money in the bank match. And this match was Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor versus Bobby Roode versus Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston versus Braun Strowman versus Miz versus Rusev. Every man for himself, money in the bank, ladder match to determine a winner. Okay, so to make a long story short, pretty much everybody who was involved in this match had their chance to shine. Um, everybody pulled off a really good effort. Miz was trying to be really, really sneaky. Um, he tried to sneak up the ladder at least a good two or three times, but got caught every time. Um, and then um, we reached the end of the match where Braun Strowman knocks Finn Balor off the ladder and he reaches up to win the briefcase. Um, and this is when uh, Kofi was on Strowman's back and Balor was trying to fight both of them off, off the other side of the ladder. Um, but that didn't work so well. Uh, Strowman had kind of just yanked Kofi off of him, and uh, he knocked Balor off of there, and that's when he reached up and grabbed the belt. Or it went the other way around. I can't remember exactly how it went, so sue me. <laughs> um, sue me if I'm wrong, uh, or just correct me if I'm wrong, but do so respectfully. All right, so that was the end of Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view as a whole. Um, how would I rate this show? On a scale of one through five, I would give it a, I would give it a, hmm, I'd give it a strong three, a three, a three and three quarters. You know, it, it was a strong show for the most part. Um, it did have some nice moments in there. I feel like most of the right people won. Um, as far as, uh. Let me see, a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the absolute worst, 10 being the absolute best. I would give it a strong, hmm, I'd give it a 7, 7 out of 10. It was pretty good. It was much better than I was expecting it to be. It exceeded my expectations. It wasn't a bad show. It was honestly the best show I felt they had since WrestleMania 34. So I can't really knock it very much. Um, the only real uh, disappointing things that occurred within this show for me uh, was the whole Alexa Bliss thing. You know, it was just way too much in her favor. And, you know, how Nia Jax was screwed out of the title the way she was. And by the looks of things so far, um, I don't know if she's going to even get a rematch. They pr she, she probably won't get a rematch. You know, they're probably going to do her like they did Bray Wyatt. You know, have her drop the belt and never have her win it again. I mean, because they, they really didn't seem to want to have her win the belt, you know, in the first place. You know, they, they never really seemed to be invested or, you know, invested in the idea of wanting to put the belt on Nia Jax. But, like I said, wasn't an awful pay-per-view. I'm glad Daniel Bryan won his match. You know, um, 
I'm glad Lashley won, even though I would have been glad if Sami Zayn won because I like them both. Um, I'm glad that Seth Rollins won, retained the Intercontinental Championship, um, even though I wouldn't have been mad if Elias had won. Um, Woman's Money in the Bank, I didn't like that. Um, Reigns and Jinder Mahal, it wasn't an awful match, but it wasn't a great match. It was somewhere in between. Um, I'm glad that Reigns won even though I wouldn't have been mad if Jinder had won because I like them both. Um, Asuka and Carmella. I'm glad that Carmella won because, you know, Asuka has won too many matches as it is. I'm glad they're starting to show that she's not entirely invincible. She's finally taking losses. So I like that. Um, Even though I know a lot of other people probably don't, but that's fine. We're going to disagree many times, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm glad Carmella won. I feel she's better on the microphone, but Asuka is better in the ring. So that's what that is. Uh, match number seven, AJ and Nakamura. I'm glad, very, very, very glad AJ Styles won because, you know, in previous weeks, I could have swore. Like, I, I knew for, for sure they were going to put that belt on Nakamura, but thankfully they didn't. You know, I am so glad they didn't. And um, men's money in the bank, I'm glad Strowman won. But at the same time, I would have been glad if Samoa Joe had won. I would have been glad if Bobby Roode won or Owens or, um, well, that's about all. But I'm, I'm glad Strowman won. I, I would not have liked it seen Balor or Kofi or Miz or Rusev win, to be completely honest with you. Um... Like I said, uh, a three and three quarters out of a scale of one to five and a seven out of ten out of scale, on a scale of one to ten. So um, I feel like it was a pretty strong show. I feel like a lot of the right people won, like WrestleMania. So pretty good all in all. All right, so this will be the end of this episode. And remember, if you like what I'm doing, feel free to subscribe to the show. Um comment rate subscribe follow share and donate if you can because there's many ways to do that if you want to donate go to kaxiswrestlingnetwork.com if you want to follow like subscribe share or whatever else you want to do I'm all over social media so there's many ways that you can do that Uh, my top two platforms will be Twitter and Instagram I am also on iTunes, I'm on Facebook, YouTube, um, Pinterest, and Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash kaxiswp. And that is all in one word. There are no spaces in the URL. And also remember, you can subscribe the easy way by going to my Twitter and finding the UR, I mean, by finding the QR code in my photos section and you can scan that with your smartphone by downloading a QR code scanner and that will take you directly to my subscriber page so that's one way you can subscribe another way is you can go to my Facebook go to the main page at K-Axis Wrestling Podcast and then you go to the left side of the screen all the way at the bottom you'll see an option that says subscribe you click on that and just follow along with the details and subscribe please subscribe because that helps me out it you know it's a good way to support the show 
And it's a good way to get yourself entered into contest giveaways that are coming in the future. All right. So with that being said, I am wrapping this show up. I am your host, K-Axis, signing off for K-Axis Wrestling Podcast. You guys stay safe, stay strong, stay out of trouble, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a good one. I will see you next time on the Monday Night Raw edition. Later, folks.